Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the service tonight, whether you're on Facebook Live or are here on Zoom with us as well. We're glad that you've taken some time to join us tonight. And um, thank you to Nigel uh, for the video that he put through. Um, so tonight we're going to, as we have been for this earlier parts of the series, um, just have a chat with a few of us from our community. Um, and we're going to be discussing um, and exploring how seasons shape us how they can lay us bare and how we can bear them. And so grateful for Nigel just sharing from the heart a little bit and reminding us um, that seasons come in all shapes and sizes. Um, some of us shape us over the long haul, like the parenting that he was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, some can also be shockwaves um, that are in our lives. They're unexpected. We catch ourselves unmasked and unprepared. Um, and our hope tonight is that for the next uh, little bit that, um, you can just sit in this space with us and listen to our stories. Um, this is not about um, bigger stories or lesser stories. We all have our seasons and how God works in them. And so our hope is that you find hope and that you find maybe even a few tools as we work through this little bit together. So our two panelists are gonna have with us tonight is on Melon. Uh, so Melon LeCompte and her husband, a regular part of our community, of course, and so glad that she has stepped forward and agreed to join us tonight. Uh, Melon works at Tear Fund. Um, and has some of her journey that she wants to share. And um, the other one is Brett, which he's making a bit of a habit of this, but we're he's probably the most authority on this in some ways. So we're really glad that Brett's back on tonight, our pastor and former lawyer. Um, so really thank you too for joining me tonight as we just talk with our community. And that's what we want is just a discussion here. Um, so as we've talked about, some of these shockwaves can come, or some of these seasons can come in a shockwave. And I want to start with you, Melon. Um, she has had that kind of experience among others, but one in particular, um, mm -hmm. and just want to hear from you. How exactly did you handle the unwelcome diagnosis out of the blue? Um, mm -hmm. Yep. So, mm -hmm. Sure. So um, it's actually really hard um, when you get a diagnosis of cancer, um, any kind of cancer. Um, and I was honestly terrified and in the weeks waiting for the results. And just after I was, I was a mess to be fair. Um, and I think it's okay to have moments like that, that are, that are sad and involve fear and days when you're just not to, able to do much of anything, um, particularly during chemotherapy, for example. Um, I did, however, find a sense of humor along the way. Um, for example, using a, um, example of photos with my bald mates, um, including a few from session, you know who you are. <laughs> um, and inappropriate humor helped, but I think it's also important not to over trivialize or minimize what you're going through as well. Um, and um, it's important to acknowledge that it's hard and that it's totally okay to be angry, scared, frightened, and not have it all together as you're faced with your mortality. And I think God is absolutely okay with that. Um, as well. Um, and some people said to me um, things like, you're so brave, but I actually wasn't. I just had to get on with it. I had to move forward with surgery and treatments because that was the only choice. Um, it was terrifying and I certainly didn't feel brave, um, mm. but I trusted the doctors and I trusted God and I trusted the plan. Yeah. 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 
Those are huge moments. Um, most of you know that I'm mm. a survivor as well. And mm. um, uh, I just remember numbness in the mm. beginning. Yeah. So that's really mm. well put, Bronwyn. So or, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, so um, Brett, I want to hear from you. Um, so these shock waves, um, they are events that really have the ability to shake us. And that's what I'm referring to along with Melwin is just being shook. So what's your experience in observing some of these moments of crisis? Yeah, and I think it's one of the things that maybe unites, you know, the, the career as a lawyer, uh, particularly a family lawyer, and the, and the vocation as a pastor, is that you do sometimes get these front row seats uh, as people are really coming to terms with stuff that's just shattered their worlds, whatever it might be. And when, when I was in family law, uh, we used to have this um, chart of events, and against the event was, was a score of how much stress that would bring into your life. And uh, so often uh, when people say, for example, going through a, a marriage breakup or some kind of issue with their kids, the, the stress events were just piling on top of each other. A relationship was broken, uh, maybe jobs were lost uh, or um, houses uh, suddenly had to be moved out of all these kind of stress events. And I think it's, it's really just that, that sense of, of, of stress that you're really not prepared for as your world just disappears, the foundation that you've been building just disappears uh, uh, beneath you. And, and I think that, you know, we're seeing that kind of um, stress response uh, through, the, through the, the change of season, uh, through the pandemic, because a lot of our solid ground stuff is shifting, whether it's employment, uh, whether it's the ability to, to do certain kinds of recreation, um, uh, spending too much time with family. Uh, all of these things that, you know, are not a part of our normal existence are, are also being shaken. So, so, you know, I have this little saying, it's not anything fancy, but you know, I think in some ways normal has become hard uh, mm. and hard has sometimes become unbearable. Um, mm. And that's because we are, there's this accumulation of stress that, that, that we, are, we mm. are dealing with. Yeah, I've said that often in uh, working with people of, of that we're dealing with the shifting sands and just how unsettling mm -hmm. that is to be on the shifting sands that you kind of alluded to. Um, I know in my own experience when um, the diagnosis came, like we we are um, community people and we have people in our lives. And so um, you're not always um, completely um, sheltered from everyone else. So sometimes these stories become everybody else's stories and they want to be involved. And I know I experienced that with me and some of them were very helpful comments. There were lots of things that happened that weren't helpful, but it also wasn't their fault that it wasn't helpful. Um, but we get a wide range of responses when we, when we enter into some of these darker seasons. Um, Melwin, mm. how was that for you as, as you started to let people know this is what's going on and people are finding out? Sure. Yeah. I think breaking that news to people is really hard. There's no good way to do it or easy way to do that. Um, and um, I think it's important for people to, even though they might mean well, to avoid the trite, um, everything happens for a reason and um, God only gives us greatest battles to his strongest warriors tropes. Because things like that can are not helpful to anyone going through difficult times or mentioning, you know, relatives who had breast cancer and, and they passed away that's <laughs> yeah you're kind of going hang on a minute <laughs> um and although I can now use my experience to help others going through this journey there was no reason for my cancer it just happened um 
and um, someone I, I know compared their non-cancer surgery with my cancer surgery to try to make me feel better and less nervous about the surgery. And that kind of missed the mark because their surgery was to bring a, a child into the world and mine was not. <laughs> so that was a little awkward. Um, and also just not wanting to be the poster child for courage either. Um, yeah, but I did get a huge amount of support from people with a lot of experience. So I'm thinking of Rosemary, who's a breast care nurse. Um, she came to my initial diagnosis appointment and looked after me after my surgery as well. So that was incredibly helpful. And uh, my friend Mariana, who's been through breast cancer, went to my chemotherapy planning appointment. Um, and things like that were incredibly helpful. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I think having, you know, there, there, there is a bit of a kind of a, uh, uh, unhelpful help kind of list of things that I think can be, can be our experience, you know, the well-meaning um, faith-based tropes that you mentioned there, no, mm. and people mean, mean the best. You know, I actually mm. think that what's happening is it's a kind of mm. a cultural response. Mm. Um, what's happening is I feel compassion towards you, but I am deeply uncomfortable with mm. what's happening uh, to you, mm. and, I, and I don't have any real tools, um, mm. so I'll take what I've got. Mm. Um, and then that whole transference thing, um, again, it's an attempt to build empathy, but um, but yeah, we don't know what mm. some people are going through. It's actually really tough to know. And those that do know uh, tend to be able to just sit um, mm. with us because they really yep. do know. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that was some of my experience as well is that there are those that they didn't have to feel they had to do anything. They could just sit and be with us and that was okay. But then we also had those that um, almost like the sun is still shining, like almost um, acting naive to it. Like, like it's almost like I better not bring it up because that might upset her. So we just won't talk about it or we just won't enter that conversation. So that came through as um, they didn't mean to, but it would come through as unauthentic and um, had that difficulty as well. But I also felt for them because it was awkward for some people and um, just other situations we've had, whether it's job loss or whatnot, it's awkward. So they don't know how to enter it, but they want to enter it. And it's kind of obvious, but you know, you don't know how to help them along either. Mm. So sometimes I feel like I was taking care of other people more in their responses than maybe what they were trying to help <laughs> with. And I think that's normal. Like they're trying. Yeah. Um, so, um, we've, one thing that we're, we're almost like talking linear and, and Nigel alluded to this a little bit that sometimes mm. our seasons, um, can converge like more than one, um, or on top of another. I know that we've experienced that in our lifetime and, um, you know, rather it was um, illness with job loss, um, rather it's struggling with parenting and you're in a dark season of the mind and soul, like they can converge at the same time. Um, and, um, you know, Nigel, like I said, alluded to that a little bit too. Um, did you experience a pile-on effect, Melon, as mm. you started to enter the journey of, of breast cancer? Yeah, so uh, definitely. So um, at the same time I was being diagnosed and getting treatment organized, um, Darian's mum had terminal pancreatic cancer and had come to actually live with us for about a, for a time, her and John. And um, I had this, you know, big vision of being the perfect daughter-in-law and piling on the help and being uber supportive and, and all that. And it just all fell apart. Um, and, and um, you know, Marilyn passed away just a few days after my surgery and I wasn't 
able to support Darian or my wider family through losing Marilyn. And that was really, really hard. And I felt the grief of losing Marilyn uh, coupled with the grief of not being able to support Jeremy and Fran and John and Darian through that. Yeah, that was really, really hard. That was a tough, that was a tough time. It was so hard. Going through that in cell group. With oh dad. man. Yeah. Me jumping in the car and going down to the funeral. Yeah. And, and that was of, huge. It took, took two of us to represent you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was, I was, mm. I was a bit worried at times I might be joining because Waza was going pretty fast, but. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think I, I, these, this pile on though, I think is, mm. I, I almost feel like it's a little bit of our experience now. I mean, perhaps in a more muted way for some of us, but, mm. but stuff, when stuff is hard during the COVID season, I think we've got that added burden of managing uh, transition and change, the stress of that. Um, just doing simple things is sometimes really hard. <sighs> and then if mm-hmm. something really difficult does come up, and, the, and these things are coming up for people in our church mm. community, uh, in our wider community, yeah, I, th- I think it's very, very difficult. We almost have that pile on effect, I think, many of us now. Mm. And, it, and, it, and it reveals stuff you know, that we weren't necessarily aware was there. I think some of our, mm. our deeper vulnerabilities, some of the stuff that's hidden, some of it's coming out in this season. Mm. And that's tough to deal with. Because mm-hmm. then I also think we can have our own questions in that time that go even deeper, that if you do start mm. out, where is God or where is community or how am I going to get through this? It just gets magnified. Um, and that can be a, a difficult thing, especially when it's piled on. Mm. So as unexpected as um, these difficult seasons are that can hit us and they hit us in such various forms and sometimes are piled on. I know now that there's sometimes there can be silver linings in there and that sounds a little bit cliche and often it's when we're on the other side and looking back, but um, the, those unexpected silver linings that can happen in the unexpected season. Um, what are some of those that you've seen? We'll start with Melwin. Sure. So that's, um, uh, that unexpected light that you have in dark places. Um, And I'm thinking specifically of Marilyn, my mother-in-law, just the amazing faith that burst out of her when she was facing her death. Um, She supported me when I was diagnosed. Um, And it was a moment of unexpected light and uncomfortable beauty Mm -hmm. um, as she and John were staying with it with us and she spent time praying with me and singing hymns with me when I was weeping literally I was a mess and here's this beautiful beautiful woman who just her faith was so amazing and it just lifted me at that time and and those moments are the fingerprints of God I think and sometimes we can only see those when we reflect back um yeah, that's and it's incredibly phrase. special. That's a great phrase, uncomfortable beauty. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> Wrote that down. <laughs> there's, a, there's a richness, you know, that that sometimes emerges. Mm. Um, I think, I think, you know, just recently, I think just a few years back, 2018, I I had some real difficult relational challenges to manage, um, uh, and it's only sort of three years on that I look back at that time and I I see this unexpected growth that there's things that have changed that I can't really put my finger on, but I go, I think it, it comes from that period and God's mm. work in my life through that period of pressure and, um, you know, relational stress, um, unexpected growth. Um, I didn't do much 
to earn it, but somehow God used that time for, to, to grow me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Melon, is it sometimes, are there people that sometimes unexpectedly um, come into these seasons as well? Did you experience some of that? Yeah, definitely. So um, it was after I was through all my big treatments and things, but um, one of my TFN colleagues was diagnosed with um, breast cancer and I was able to um, help her with um, preparing for chemotherapy, um, giving her tips and tricks that worked for me to mitigate the the side effects and and really help. And I was given those tips and tricks from somebody else who'd been through it. So it's like this wisdom getting passed on from woman to woman to woman, which I think is really powerful. Um, Yeah. And so what did that do for you to be able to um, be used, if you will, in that situation mm. from your darkness? Um, I think it's just a a privilege to be able to step into somebody else's journey and to be asked to do that. Um, And it's not like it's not like, oh, here's the reason for why I got cancer or anything. It's not like that at all. It's more like, here's an opportunity for me to help someone else and support someone else through their journey. Mm. I think that the things that we've been talking about are, are all ways that God is actually very present, very, mm. you know, that you talked about mm. the fingerprints and the very yeah. real beauty in there, yeah. um, very present through these tough seasons with us. Um, mm. So how has God been present in some of these seasons, like Brett, I'd like to hear that from you about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think in some of the harder times in in, in my life, um, there have been these moments of unexpected presence of God. You know, I think just mm. sort of surprisingly rich and deep. Mm. I think I would also want to say um, that for me and for others, sometimes uh, we experience a, a kind of a dark night of the soul, mm. where actually there is a part of that season. Um, is that God is not uh, present, and that that in itself is a season, the, the, a loss of the sense of the tangible presence of God that is a part of our growth and our maturing. Uh, so, I, you know, I think these are both, you know, normal kinds of responses to sometimes experience an absence of God uh, and to sometimes experience this unexpected uh, presence. Yeah. yeah um, reflecting on the comments earlier about it piling up. And I know that one season of our family's life is that it really did pile up to massive experiences or seasons, uh, dark forest going on at the exact same time and trying to figure out where on earth does God sit with this. And it, it even had danger of, um, of, uh, getting in between the relationship of us and or myself and even how I felt about church and what does that even mean for me in the future and um, really wrestled with some things but God just um, I just really dove into scripture and, um, and in a way that maybe I never have before or sometimes even since um, that mm-hmm. even if I wasn't um, digesting what the scripture was even saying, just having it there in front of me, I used to have this keychain of scripture verses that somebody gave to me. And I can remember sitting on the edge of a hospital bed, literally trembling um, because news was about to come and we were waiting for the doctor to come back through. And I just kept looking at them. I don't even know if I was absorbing them, but there was something about being surrounded by the scripture and, um, and really dove into that. And, and then in mm-hmm. that season, um, uh, I feel like 
God gave me the gift of writing and, and I hadn't really been a writer before and I haven't been since, but there in this season, um, started to blog and started to write. And I get a little bit frustrated because I wish I could write like that again. Um, but it was, it was a moment, it was a season, but it was a therapy and a, a conversation with God and I, that he became, um, very real and in a sense, helped me communicate with others when a lot of people were asking questions and wanting to know. So, um, yeah. That was the presence of God for me. Um, I, journaled you, through, I, I journaled through my uh, through my divorce in the aftermath of my divorce, and I don't ever want to do that again because <sighs> I, I can't find the journals. I'm afraid that I'm gonna I'm gonna suddenly die, and someone else is gonna find those journals, and it's imperative that no one ever reads them. <laughs> <laughs> Mel, and what about you? Was how was God's presence? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I. I remember um, I was actually driving at the time when it happened and I got this really strong instruction from God that I needed to pray for other women um, for protection against cancer, um, specifically women in my life at work, at church and wherever. Um, and it was that, that dark night of the soul versus that unexpected presence of God. And God created this calm in my soul as I prayed for others when I was really stressed out. And it felt like a real personalized gift of clarity. Mm. And um, yeah, that was, it was amazing actually. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's awesome to see how he can work. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. As I had mentioned mm. um, for myself, leaning on the scriptures a little bit, but as we look at that, at the scriptures, I think we can also gain strength for if from um, other stories, there's so many examples um, in the scriptures of people who are undergoing challenging seasons. Um, so um, Melwin, it, were there some scripture as you were in that, that mm. season that really stood out for you? Yeah, well, I'll it was Ecclesiastes 3, actually, our, our reading for tonight. And they're actually my favorite verses of the Bible, which sounds weird, but there's a time for everything. We have moments in this life that will bring us great sadness and bring us great joy. And I think we can recognize that going through difficult moments can make the joyful moments all the more special. Mm. And taking joy in those special times with people that we love and um, seeing God in that um, and there's, there's life during and on the other side of cancer. And I'm still coping with the side effects of the ongoing treatment. And my life and my whole self will never quite be the same again. Um, there's BC before cancer and AC after cancer. Um, and, you know, during the, <laughs> during the active treatment phase um, with surgery, chemo, radiation, it feels like you're just in full-on attack mode against the cancer. You feel like something's happening action means doing something to get rid of it and then afterwards when all the big stuff is done there's a bit of a vacuum like what now is that it how will you know if it comes back somewhere else aren't you going to scan me to check there's a real sense that the safety net has gone so to speak mm -hmm. and um, there may be a perception that once you're done with all the big treatments that you're you're back to normal mm -hmm. um, but there's no returning to who you were before and the hidden effects of treatment can stay with you physically and emotionally, um, like scars, body image, energy, emotional fear around recurrence and tests. And in a sense, there's no on the other side of it. There's just the new you 
um, as you incorporate your experience into life moving forward. And there's this also this liminal space, which I call the in-between. It's where I was between my biopsy and results appointment um, the, and waiting to get surgery. Um, it's the fear and the unknown of what you were going to face and um, wanting surgery day to come quickly, but the time just seeming to stretch out forever. Um, yeah, but I think being in relationship with God doesn't mean we're promised a perfect life. I think that thinking can be damaging, but although we're not promised a life free from challenges, when things come our way that are hard, God definitely walks beside us in these times and often places people in our life who can support us. Mm. That's awesome, Melon. I, I think some of what you're saying there is kind of caught up then um, some really core cool scriptures that, that I love, like Hebrews 4 uh, from verse 15 talks about the idea of Jesus as a high priest uh, we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and the idea is that therefore, because of that, we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So, I mean, it, it's the God who is highly empathetic because of Jesus experience as a human, um, the high availability of God um, because mm. his spirit is with us. And then this confidence that comes from from that uh, I think is mm. yeah I don't know if that's what you experienced but that's that, that, that mm. kind of really yeah. brings that um, that through I think for me too mm. just that the presence of God in really tough times um, uh, Philippians 4 um, I'll, I'll often quote this if I pray for people you know when we used mm. to be able to actually pray for people and lay hands on uh, Philippians 4 um, says this rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again rejoice you know which is counterintuitive uh, to mm. what we're going through but let your gentleness be evident to all the lord is near you know he the lord is near um do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to god that's this mm. god is available and this is the bit that i love and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus the peace of god which makes no sense <laughs> will actually protect you know our hearts and our minds um which I just, the, the mm. crazy piece of God that, that is out of all proportion to mm. our experience, I think is is such an amazing gift. And mm. I just love Philippians 4 because it, yeah. it just rams that home, you know, mm. that God is with us. And that yeah, the protected mind can rejoice. The protected heart can still see uh, mm. what what is good, you know, even though we might be going through a really tough season. Yeah, that was definitely one of my go-to verses as well. And uh, when we were talking earlier in this in the week, just talking about how um, there's a very the, the presence of God becomes became so real um, in some of these seasons that it just didn't make sense, like you said, that, that, that it's almost the peace was out of balance. And um, found myself trying to offer that piece to others who were having a hard time with what I was going through. So hmm. definitely, um, all those verses, um, fantastic. So Brett, we've, um, this is the end of, of this series of the bare essentials that we've been talking about. We've had, we've had a night that we've talked about scripture. We've had um, a night that we talked about prayer and the role of prayer in the bare essentials. And last week was, um, was the community conversation uh, that we had Dave involved as well, which was really great and really helpful. So how, how do you see that the other bare essentials come into play with what we're talking about tonight? Yeah, well, I think if you go to prayer, I think that Philippians 4 verse gives us some clues in one sense 
um, which I think are really helpful and really encouraging. But then there's also the idea of just prayer as lament. Um, mm. You know, prayer, I mean, let's call it, you could call it lament or you could call it event. Um, you know, I think prayer that really um, engages the, the hardship and the sorrow and, and asks God the hard questions, I think, is, is, um, is, uh, is really helpful. Uh, I think there are scriptures that um, are like the ones that we just shared that are kind of instructional and kind of encouraging and inspiring. I think those are good. But then there are also scriptures, you know, a bit like the lament idea that actually do that help carry our pain. You think you think about Psalm 22, for example, uh, which starts, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. Um, it's what Jesus quotes when he's when he's without words on the cross. And so mm. the words of the psalm that he's learned in his childhood carry his pain, carry his lament. Um, and and I think God, you know, the scriptures often provide that kind of platform for us to, to lament and, and identify with, with God's people, you know, through the ages who have struggled as we have. Mm. Um, and, and I do think, you know, uh, God put, God's wired us to be with each other. And sometimes, mm. you know, sometimes I think these hard times, we do want to run away a little bit. Mm. It's, it's sometimes mm. just too hard and too intense and raw to, mm. to want other people in. But but I think we deep down know that we need people, uh, maybe less people, maybe a certain kind of people. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, there are plenty of scriptures that, that carry that. Um, I love First um, Corinthians 12 is one of my favorite chapters. Uh, and in verse 26, it says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And I think that's, that's a part of going through the dark seasons. And it, it also says if one part is on it, every part rejoices with it. And so there's that sense in which, you know, oh. deep community that we find in the body of Christ kind of rides the roller coaster. Uh, yeah. we're, we're in it together. And, yeah. and I think, I think the, the, these are some of the ways the bare essentials kind of, I think, mm. play into this this week. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And those are available to, to listen to on past um, podcasts in the last three weeks. If anyone um, wants to catch up on a little bit of what Brett is referring to and how the puzzle sort of all fits together. And in looking at the community subject and that people are people and we have people in our lives, our fauna, our community and whatnot, mm. um, that someone going through a dark season, uh, we're all going to have our turn, I think, that, that there are two sides of it, that there are the people in your life that are not going through it. And, um, you know, earlier we talked a little bit about what had been unhelpful. Um, but what about the other side of that? What, if we're looking at ourselves and maybe mm -hmm. I'm not in a season right now, but looking at people I love dearly going through a season, mm -hmm. what role can I play in others in, in our lives and our community? And Melwin, would you have some mm. ideas? Yeah, so for, my, for me, my experience was, you know, people going to appointments for me, um, particularly in the early on, because I didn't know what questions to ask and my brain was just fried from the news mm -hmm. and having people who knew what to ask and, and remember things was really, really helpful. Um, and people just checking in with me and, and also, and I experienced this very much coming to church was just giving space and empathy just to let me be in the moment. Mm. and and to be broken and and to be okay with that that I didn't have to have it all together and that was okay that was super helpful yeah okay mm. well what about you Brett what do you see yeah of, I, a think, role that I we... think um I think some of that is is about you know customizing help to the person mm. and the season 
um not yeah. you know, not every kind of help fits um uh yeah. and, and i think back to when uh, claire was going through uh cancer and she, and she didn't want to eat but like people kept on bringing me meals and i kind of mm. wished that i could have chosen who was bringing them um like, that might sound a little mm. bit selfish but you know if jean juan is cooking for you you want her to you want her to bring <laughs> every, every night um and uh, but I think you know, mm. that sort of principle of really working through what a person needs rather than what you think mm. they need. Um, and sometimes mm. also, I think we put the burden on people. Just tell us what you need anytime. Tell us what mm. you need. Yeah. Well, you know, the truth is, you know what some people need. If their lawn is long, go and mow it. You know, I think there are things that you can just actually do stuff when people are in a difficult season. Um, and uh, yeah, and lift the burden from the person who's going from the season to have to actually tell you what they need. Sometimes that's actually quite a hard thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It's a hard line to walk sometimes and figure that out, isn't it? Mm. But not being afraid to go ahead and step in and help, help them figure out what they need and try mm. to meet that need. That's good. That's good. The final thing that I want to um, bring up tonight is, you know, we talk about um, all of us um, online right now, I know can look back to these unexpected shock waves that we've had in our lives and, and know that that's a part of life um, and that they're unexpected, but there can also be an unexpected upside on the other side, um, unexpected things that we didn't expect to come out. I mean, we've talked earlier that we're shaped um, by our experiences, how we respond mm. to these experiences. Some of them are ongoing, like the parenting or still coming through the other side um, of healing from uh, like a cancer diagnosis. Mm. Um, but Melon, I think you've got a story that um, mm. an unexpected upside on the other yeah. side. Can you hear that with us? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I, I joined a forum um, via the Breast Cancer Foundation and I found a post calling for um, people to be part of a, a breast cancer dragon boating team. And that popped up and I went, oh, okay, I can try that. And so um, I joined the Pink Dragons um, and it's not only exercise to help you rebuild um, but it's also connecting with fellow survivors and we're a great bunch on the boat um, <laughs> and feeling we feel like a community and a family it's more than just being a team and just going out there and doing a sport um, and it's also when I get out on the water and I'm missing it a lot <laughs> um, but being on the water it also feels like mindfulness and you're just connecting with creation and nature during that time um, and there's a time to be thankful for life in all its fullness. And that's part of that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm. Brett, do you have any unexpected upside that has shaped who you are today? Um, I do, but but uh, I think we, it, we, might, okay. we might, I might be, I'm happy to leave it with the dragon boat. Image. I will leave with the dragon boat. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, showing that God can, can uh, you know, use these on the other side as well. So, um, well, as Brett, Brett has mentioned, we are conscious of the time and I just, um, there's so much more that could be shared and could be said. If people are wanting to understand or know more about um, Melon's journey and um, uh, spaces of Brett's journey and myself, please don't hesitate to go ahead and email us or, or shoot us a, a messenger and, and just say, hey, I'd like to know more and we can do our one 
our two bubble coffee outside. And I'm sure that any of the three of us would be happy to go a little bit deeper. Um, but thank you, Melon and Brett, for going there, you know, for, for stepping into, it's not always fun to necessarily have to look back on dark seasons um, of the soul. Um, and yet um, it's so important. Um, so thanks for the time on this. And for the rest of you um, watching in or listening to this later, um, I hope that you've heard the hearts um, of these two. And um, we, are, uh, we realize that a dark season may not be um, a cancer diagnosis or the loss of someone, that they come in all shapes and sizes, as Nigel in the earlier video mentioned. Um, but the reality is they are our season, and it's our very real seasons as we go in and out of them or in and out of the valleys. Um, and so we're hoping that this has been a bit of an encouragement. And we also just want to reiterate that... Um, that you are not alone, that even though it might be messy and we certainly don't have the answers to everything or most things at all, but I think the biggest thing is community and to know that you're not alone, even if we don't know what needs to be said or done, that you're not alone. So um, regardless what your season looks like, um, if you're finding yourself in a season or this you know, um, jogs your memory when you go into a season in the future, um, please reach out to us. You can email session at um, support at um, session.org. Um, .nz. There's ways to connect to us through the Facebook page, ways to connect to us um, on the website, um, and phone numbers are there too, that there's a few of us that are on call in a sense, and, um, and even sometimes it just helps to just have somebody listening and talk through it. So if you're needing that, um, we are community, we are Fano, and we are here for you. So please don't hesitate with that. So thanks for the time, you too, and I'm going to hand it over to Brett um, to wrap up our night together tonight. And thank you too to